Let me quote here from a 2015 article by the National Review to summarize the two narratives that surround Columbus and his legacy. First, the conservative and traditional view. Quote, Born to a working-class wool weaver in the port city of Genoa, Italy, Cristoforo Colombo apprenticed as a sailor and went to sea as early as age 10, a self-taught and curious man. Colombo lived by his wits and rose in the heady world of 15th century sea traders until he hit upon an ingenious idea. He would outflank the Mohammedan Turks and reach the East Indies by sailing west across the ocean sea. After weathering nearly a decade of rejection and failure, in 1492, Colombo won the support of the Spanish crown and set off on an uncertain journey that inadvertently opened a new world, laying the foundation for that most glittering daughter of the Western heritage, America. End quote. Second, the progressive and critical view. Quote, Christopher Columbus, a dead white male of the worst variety, was a slaver, a capitalist, and a murder of millions who embarked on a voyage motivated only by greed, which brought European imperialism to the shores of the, quote, New World, and laid waste the ancient indigenous peoples there. Columbus deserves little credit. Leif Erikson had, quote, discovered the, quote, New Continent 500 years earlier, and much blame for the horrors of the Columbian Exchange, the vast transfer of people, animals, and plants between the Western and Eastern hemispheres. In his wake, the, quote, new world suffered smallpox, starvation, the cruel subjugation of the indigenous peoples, and the establishment of that most dastardly spawn of the West, America. The shifting prevalent view of Columbus is shocking. While he was a great hero in the 19th century for pioneering progress, prosperity, and enlightenment, he is quickly becoming a great villain in the 21st century for oppression and racism, slavery, rape, theft, vandalism, extermination, and ecological desolation. Many Columbus statues have been torn down and vandalized, much like the Confederate statues and monuments to our founding fathers. Columbus arrived in America on October 12, 1492, but in the United States, Columbus Day is a national holiday on the second Monday of October. Columbus Day was established as a federal holiday in 1892 under President Benjamin Harrison, after a mob in Louisiana lynched a bunch of Italians. Teddy Roosevelt and Ronald Reagan both praised the man. And if you're a millennial or older, you probably remember Columbus Day being a day off from work and school. We sure do, along with Washington and Lincoln's birthdays. Now it's just President's Day combined into one. Yeah, lame. If you don't know, the word holiday comes from the phrase holy day. So when a culture removes holidays, it is showing a real shift in values and identity. For many years, Columbus Day has been swept aside and people have not been off of work or school. Further, it has gone from a non-holiday to a day of mourning for many. Many on the left have renamed Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day to further spit in Columbus's face. Let's dive deeper into the pro-Columbus perspective, and then I promise we'll get to the anti-Columbus perspective after that. The defense of Columbus breaks down into multiple categories, namely historical inaccuracies, the end results of his discovery, his lack of involvement in less savory activities, the errors of historical revisionism from a modern perspective, and Columbus's personal qualities. Contrary to popular belief, the natives Columbus encountered did not live in an idyllic and peaceful utopia. Like we mentioned, the Carib people were known for their savagery and cannibalism. In fact, the very word cannibal comes from the Spanish name for the Caribs. The Spanish monarchy forbade slavery except in cases of cannibals. 
It is unclear whether he enslaved the more peaceful Taino or the brutal Carib, but it is pretty likely that most Spaniards grouped them all together and treated them as cannibals. The Spanish were oftentimes cruel to the natives, but we need to consider the bigger picture. What was going on in the New World? Columbus encountered cannibals in the Caribbean, but on the mainland, the barbarism knew no bounds. Human sacrifice was a feature of all Mesoamerican cultures. The supposedly cruel Spaniards outlawed these mass sacrifices. They brought Christianity and Christian values to the pagans. Beyond Evans' perspective, that they brought eternal salvation to a lost people, they forced the natives to have a better chance of living in a civilized society. Let us also consider all the things that went between the two worlds, which we mentioned before. This transfer, besides the diseases, improved the quality of life for both worlds. Impoverished and ambitious Europeans were given the opportunity to get a fresh start on life. Finally, let's consider the elephant in the room. The United States of America. Without Columbus, the USA would not have come about. That's just point blank. Though America kind of sucks now, sure. It was once a great country. When you consider the international evils of the colonizers against all the goods that came as a result of said colonization, most people would see it as a net gain. A lot of the atrocities committed by the early Spanish colonizers were not Columbus's fault. Once he left Hispaniola after his first voyage, the Spaniards treated the locals cruelly, causing their slaughter. The Spaniards treated the locals cruelly, causing their own downfall. This happened over and over again. Columbus was a poor governor and could not control his own people or the natives. The Spanish treated the natives harshly from the second voyage onward, enslaving them and forcing them to mine for gold. Slavery has existed everywhere since the beginning of time, and Columbus didn't invent it. But the extent of Columbus's involvement in that is questionable. He probably had pious intentions, but those who came with him were usually unscrupulous treasure seekers. Who would risk so much to go across an ocean to islands filled with savages, except for those with little to lose and a dragon heart? Additionally, those who blame the Europeans for the diseases they brought are really stretching the truth. The germ theory is very modern, and they weren't intentionally sneezing on the natives in order to kill them. It was a purely accidental occurrence. To the Spaniards, it surely seemed like God was striking down the pagans for them. Historical revisionism is good to an extent, but when taken too far and mixed with modern sensibilities, progressive sensibilities, it is a terrible way to view history. Under the critical school, everybody who lived prior to the 21st century should be viewed as an extremely problematic dude. These are the kinds of things they'll say. Lincoln freed the slaves, but only to preserve the Union. He was a white supremacist. Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence and helped the average farmer, but he owned slaves and raped one of them. We could go on and on, but there's not a single person who made a difference in the world who didn't have flaws besides Jesus and Mary. Everyone makes mistakes and fights their own personal battles. When critical theory is applied to American history, our supposed heroes will inevitably turn into villains for not being perfect progressives from the modern point of view. And let me just say, critical theory, especially around Columbus, it comes from a communist background. I believe Far it. left, far left. The guy who wrote, he wrote a book called The People's History of the United States. It, it was a very popular book back, I think, in the 70s and 80s. It portrays every great American as a bigot in some way and a terrible person. And that's where we get a lot of our modern stereotypes about the Founding Fathers and Columbus and all those. Well, it certainly fits the bill. I mean, that sounds like what you're taught in school, in these uh, little uh, Marxist training camps. And this man who wrote it, I, I forget his name right now, but 
he actually had ties to communism. There was a huge file on him in the FBI. Oh, really? Yeah. Watch the Knights of Columbus documentary. I, I link in the description and you'll get a good perspective, I think. In the words of Evan, you will be shocked. <laughs> Anyways, when the statues come down, who will our heroes be? The people who tore down the statues until they themselves will be overthrown by an even more woke generation. If we don't have heroes, we don't have history, and we don't have purpose. And that's a dangerous place to be. Most historians don't doubt that Columbus was a sincerely religious man. And despite his obstinate belief that he had found Asia, he was an exceptional navigator. This much cannot be doubted. However, a reading of Columbus's life leads one to believe that he should have stayed in his boat. As a governor and administrator, he was incapable, constantly switching between indulgence and cruelty, unable to control his subjects. With that being said, the negative analysis of Columbus breaks down into these categories, his cruelty, his inaccurate claims, and the effects of his discovery. According to the progressive narrative, Columbus was a slave trader, a tyrant, an imperialist, a war criminal, and a corrupt governor. There is truth to all of these claims. Though he didn't invent slavery, as it already existed in the Americas, he did enslave the natives in Hispaniola, and probably didn't discriminate between Taino and Carib peoples. He violated the laws of the Spanish crown and common morality by enslaving innocent people for the purposes of mining gold. He turned to cruelty when his subjects became unruly, using executions to keep the descent down. It was for this reason that even the Spanish crown arrested him. He was only pardoned because of his personal relationship with the sovereigns and his promises of future wealth. Even after his pardon, another man replaced him as governor, and he wasn't even allowed to visit Hispaniola again. He ended up visiting, but it was in an emergency. Columbus represented the worst of the white man, the European colonialist, and his actions proved the stereotype we hold today. He used his religion as a bludgeon and considered himself to be a crusader for Christ. He loved the Crusades and thought that all of the Holy Land would be converted to Christianity, commencing the end times. He enslaved, tortured, and killed the natives for private gain. Let's be honest. Many of Columbus's claims were downright wrong, sure. His estimate of the Earth's circumference was laughably off, and the experts of his time knew it. Ferdinand and Isabella were the only ones who were fooled. Can you imagine how difficult the journey to Japan would have been if the Americas hadn't existed, if it was just water? By playing around with Google Maps, we estimate that it would have been about 12,000 miles across a vast ocean with current and storms to get from the Canary Islands to Tokyo, Japan. No wonder no one wanted to fund this. It sounds like a suicide mission. Besides this, he obstinately believed that he found the prized route to Asia for the rest of his life, despite a lot of evidence to the contrary. Even many of his own crewmates didn't buy it. He also had a tendency to exaggerate his triumphs and downplay his failures. He did not discover America. Don't you know that Leif Erikson came to America hundreds of years before Columbus? Also, there were tens of millions of people already living there. Columbus opened the door to a litany of evils. 90% of the natives died, as we said, when he showed up because of disease. Almost all of the rest of the Caribbean peoples were killed off by maltreatment and violence. Today, there are very few native Caribbean people. Many have called the European destruction of the native peoples a genocide. So many of them died that Europeans had to start bringing African slaves over to work their fields. The African slave trade moved at least 12 million African people of color to the Americas, not including the millions who died en route or shortly after arriving. They were stolen from their families and forced into dehumanizing and morbid conditions for the sake of profit, continuing the legacy of Columbus. 
Many of the evils perpetrated against BIPOC in America are directly a result of Columbus and his imperialist successors. With all that being said, it is no wonder that he died in disgrace and poverty. Even his own sponsors were horrified by what he unleashed. Thus concludes the negative view of Columbus, which is prevalent today. Thanks for listening to the Sons of Antiquity Highlight Reel. To hear this clip in context and to enjoy our full-length episodes, check out the links in the description or search Sons of Antiquity on YouTube, BitChute, Spotify, or Apple and Google Podcasts.